now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. From class to culture, all the cheese in between. The movies are B, but the entertainment is grade A. And I am your host, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. And I'm joined again by my name, Mr. Al Giaconetti. Hey, Jay, how's it going today? Uh, looks like uh, today we're going back to 1968 for a really unique movie that uh, I don't think gets enough attention. It's called Targets. And we'll get to it right after this. Thank you for the fleet we're about to receive in the Lord's name. Amen. A typical American family at dinner. Mom and dad, their beautiful daughter-in-law, and their only son, Joe. A homicidal maniac. Harry! What are you doing? How's your dad? It's okay. There you go. Thanks a lot. What you hunting this time? Gonna shoot some pigs. Targets, a movie about a war inside a man's head. Hey, what are you doing? Peter Bogdanovich, the director of The Last Picture Show, takes you for a roller coaster ride through the canyons of a disturbed mind in Targets. turns an all-American boy into an all-American killer. Targets was released August 15, 1968 with a 90-minute running time. 
Your budget, now, there's talk about this, dude. It's estimated about $130,000, which, um, considering this is a Roger Corman movie, produced by Roger Corman, um, $130,000, you all take those numbers with a grain of salt because it's always, how much money am I getting back on my return of investment from last weekend's movie that I'm now investing in this movie to move forward with that and how many rights did I sell through and how can I do whatever. Now, your director is uh, Peter Bogdanovich and that name, of course, is you know, famous. I mean, he's, he's one of the most well-known directors, you know, of the last... 50, 60 years for different different kind of things. He's but not at that time. No, well, this is his first movie. Yeah. Um, and obviously, um, you know, he's you know, won a BAFTA, he was up for a Grammy, he was nominated for two Academy Awards, according to the Golden Golden Globes. Um, for, uh, born in Kingston, New York, not too far from here in right. uh, 1939. Um, he passed away um last J January in 2022, um, at the age of 82. In fact, that came up, and he was actually married to Polly Platt. Um, from 62 to 71, um, which is crazy because that's the time when Polly Platt wrote this movie. Yeah. So, um, and of course, we know, um, uh, you know, Bogdanovich had worked as a film journalist. He was actually hired by Corman to work on Wild Angels in 66. Um, and then his big, his big one's The Last Picture Show. And he's known, I mean, that's other movies, but The Last Picture Show for him is, is literally what people remember. And he, was up for, he received a Grammy Award for Best Music for a Film for the Tom Petty documentary, uh, Running Down a Dream, which is in 2007, which is much later. Um, of course, he's also known for Paper Moon, They All Laughed, Mask from 85, Noises Off, The Cat's Meow, and then um, even up to 2014, She's Funny That Way. Uh, so uh, a very well-known director after. But isn't that the case? Roger Corman, Gets like yeah. Francis Ford Coppola, gets like whatever. Hey, want to make a movie? And they're like, yeah, I want to make a movie. So, and here's the funny part about this. Originally, um, here is how Corman pitched it to him. Hey, do you uh, do you ever hear of the guy named Alfred Hitchcock? And he goes, yeah. He goes, do you think you can make a movie like him? He goes, oh, I don't know, because Alfred Hitchcock makes movies this way, and he needs this much money. He goes, what if I got you some money? He goes, okay, who are we going to get? He goes, Look, I need Boris Karloff in a movie. He's only got two days. Can you put him in a movie? And he said, of course I can. Boris Karloff's great. He goes, great, but we only have him for two days. Do you think you can get all his scenes shot? He goes, I think I can do it. I wish I was kidding. Everything I've read about this, that is literally how they negotiated this movie. Karloff will be on set two days, get him in the movie, do all the scenes with him, and then film everything else when you watch the movie. Karloff is in his scenes, right. but he's not in anything else uh, except like the stuff from the terror, yeah. which is, you know, whatever. But it's so like, you don't even notice it when you watch this movie. You don't even like, unless I, mean, I knew to look for it. Like I knew to look for who Karloff's in the scene with, what he's doing, whatever. Right. And he's in his scenes. Right. And a lot of his, in some, a lot of his scenes, I mean, his scenes are in an office right. in, in his room in, in the car. Right. They're very easily shot. There's not a lot, there's not a, Karloff at this point is certainly not doing any stunts or anything crazy, but it's so funny to think that that literally with how Kaufman did this, he said, I want to make a movie that pays homage to Boris Karloff. I want him in the movie and Karloff's in, no, he's, the he's, he's a star of the movie. Yeah. He's in, he's in the movie more than anybody else. And I want to make sure I get a movie that has like, that's, that's gripping. But he wanted something that was like going to jar the audience. And this movie definitely, when you, if you've never seen Target's, you need to watch this before we talk about it because you won't understand. What we're, well, you'll understand, but it will ruin the entire yeah. what's going to happen. 
Um, the movie is jarring, but he said, can you make movies like, and, in, and it was another director I forgot to, but it's like, like, it was like that level. And it's like to think that he's saying this to somebody who literally has never made a movie before. He He's worked as a photojournalist on, like, in, in, the, in the Wild Angels. Like, I mean, like, and then, but when you go back, he did the same thing. Francis Ford Coppola wants a shot here. Make a movie, yeah. right? He does it with James Cameron. In in uh, Piranhas: The Spawning, right? James Cameron got hired because the other director quit. James Cameron was doing special effects. He goes, "I guess I could do it." Yeah, I mean, the backstory on a lot of these guys that he hired, I I I believe it. weren't they part of uh, the UCLA or the? You so know, the, the, they all the, lived. Yes, they all lived out in that area. Yeah, and they, no, but they were uh, and they, and they, they all they, went to kind of film school together. Right, and so, they they, all were there. so they all were. They all were. They all had that kind of a background, even though they hadn't worked. In anything special, but, and that's where he probably. But I'm saying is, but to, but to say, can, yeah, so can can way. you can you make a movie like this? Right. Because again, not everyone hits like that. Like not everyone's going to be, you know, right. Right. Uh, if, but, right for, but for and for every Ford Coppola and Bogdanovich, there's like 20 Joe Maserati you never exactly. heard of, right? Exactly. But how many times did Corman grab the wrong guy? Not many, because Corman directed a lot of those movies. Yeah, well, he would say to people, "Look," he would say to AIP, "Give me." two budgets, put them together and I'll make this Poe movie. And that's where we got the color Poe movies that are renowned still. But what happened before that AIP was like, Hey, can you make this? He goes, I can make two. I can make one really good movie for this much or two. Okay. Movies for this much. And they said, what can you do in a weekend? He goes, I can make one really good movie for this much or two really. And, and that's, and, and as much as people, and, and I want to make people understand this. Luke talks about like Charles band and like filming, you know, like the direct to video and being, being creative with how you shoot movies and shoot movies on a budget. And it doesn't mean bad. It means just done correctly on a budget. No one, and, and people will argue Lloyd Kaufman at, at Troma, did, but, but that's a different story. No one did this like Roger Corman. He literally built an empire on light and getaway. Like it literally was like, we got one take, buddy. And maybe the monsters didn't look great in all the movies, but it, it, like one you can say about his movie, you, you, do you sit through a Corman movie and go, this is boring? Nope. No, no. Nope, it's not boring. It, the, the monster might have googly eyes. It might not live up to snuff. It might fall apart coming out of the water. Whatever might happen. That's not him. The movies are shot well. And then, of course, when he got his money, when he said, give me, give me, instead of a weekend, give me three months. And instead of $50,000, give me $200,000 and give me Vincent Price to chew on some scenery and color. And then you get fall the house of usher. You get, you know, pit in the pendulum. You get these movies that right. people still, when they go back, no, are they truly the stories, the correct stories? No, they're, no, they're they are, but they're, they're, they're interesting. And they're even, even the boring ones, even like Tumalajir, which is the boring ones, right? Can it just chill out of talking? It's still pretty good yeah. compared to what you were going to get. Well, so anything with Vincent Price in it, he was going to chew up the scenery, but he was, he wasn't campy yeah. unless you get to, uh, you know, vibes, mm -hmm. but even then, well, but uh, he's playing it on purpose. That way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like even like, mm -hmm. like, um, um, theater of blood, like he's over oh. the top, oh. but, but he's supposed to be, he's, he's Lionheart. He's the, he's the actor mm -hmm. and that movie's really good, right. but it's over the top on purpose. Vincent Price understood what he was doing. He just, right, I'm just saying, it's just kind of what it is anyway. So, um, so yeah, what happens, uh, obviously Boris Karloff was on set and, and, um, you know, it was one of those things to make, 
Um, I don't know. I had to say, Boris Karloff owed him two days of work because the terror finished up early. So he said, let's put him in this movie. And literally, there is today, you couldn't do this now. I mean, you could do like voice actors because you didn't do it like as an animated movie. But to think that you had an actor on set for two days and you filmed him in, in two thirds of the movie, I and mean, he's in almost. I, I guess. He's, he's, except for the. Except for the the, the, the stuff with the yeah the latter end of the movie, uh, he's where he's the, driving there. Yeah. yeah, he's just about in every scene. Yeah, he's in. He but he, and he has. Yeah, he is acting. yeah, the, yeah. It's not just he's on screen. He's interacting yeah. and acting and getting a chance, which is rare for Karloff to have a chance to truly just act. Right. He's not wearing makeup. There's no special effects. He's not a wizard. He's not a a hunchback. He's not a mad scientist. Right. He's just an old man who's tired. And I can never, I, I've watched this, I've seen this movie and I haven't seen this movie in about, I'd say 20 years since the DVD came out, right? And I watched it again and I said, man, have I never identified more with Boris Koloff than in this movie? Mm-hmm. He's sick and tired of, in this case, Hollywood. And you can take Hollywood out and put whatever you want. Doctors, lawyers, whatever you want to put in there, right? You're sick and tired of it and I'm done and I'm walking away. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is the role of a lifetime, right? Kind of thing, because it's so... But, but he plays it straight. Yeah. He is 100% dead serious. And, of course, there are analogous people in there. The the new director who has this new script. and right. it's not, This is like every Roger Corman guy ever. And I'm not saying that it's certain people might be representing Roger Corman as the you know producer or the executive or whoever. But there are, it's just like we watched um, How to Make a Monster, right? It yeah. wasn't American International Pictures. It was... America, whatever, and it clearly was AIP, and it clearly was taking shots at people, and not on purpose, but like homage, I guess you could say, because they filmed it. But here, I think Roger Corman was having a little fun too with uh, when Bangdanovich is putting people in. He's like, I think this guy would work well, and whatever. And um, so, anyway, uh, the, uh, the, the there are no. I, mean, I wish I was kidding. There's literally no one else in this movie. I mean, Tim O'Kelly is second build. I, I, I don't know Tim O'Kelly from much, much anything nope. else. Um, Nancy, uh, Nancy Shu, who is uh, the assistant, right? She's with, and she's on screen almost as much as Boris Koloff because she's with him in a lot of the scenes. Um, you have uh, James Brown, not that James Brown, a different James Brown. And then Sandy Barron. And that's pretty much it. Um, you know, Paramount did the distribution on this. And that's a Corman thing too. Film it cheap, sell it to somebody. Film it cheap, sell it to somebody. And Paramount picked this up. Now, I'm going to just say this, and and it's going to come up over and over again. When you watch some of the decisions that the director makes, you can tell sometimes a young director, again, he's still young, but you look at some of the choices he made in the characters. And I think the characters are pretty spot on. I mean, everyone's, you know, kind of fits their type, right? And then the way the film is shot at certain points, but the biggest thing to me, and I don't know if you noticed this, there's no music in the entire movie. There's not one bit of music in the entire movie. Now, there's cars honking, there's whatever. There's the radio, there's the TV. There's there's background noise, Noise. but there's no music in the whole movie. And if you never noticed it before, go back and watch it again. It's jarring at times. Yeah, I think the only music is when the... the, uh... Uh, protagonist is in the car. There's no, place, but the, the radio, yeah. the radio's playing music. There's no soundtrack. There's no, that's what I mean. the, the soundtrack is literally real. In 1968, 
there was music in movies. There was things like that. I mean, like Planet of the Apes is a perfect example, right? Same mm-hmm. exact year. Take the music out of Planet of the Apes. Half the movie's lost. The music makes that movie. Like the hunt scenes, that's so important. And here, it's so perfect that there's no music. Because what happens? You need there to be the back, like the noise of the highway to cover him up what he's doing. So you're here, like, well, I hear noise. How come that guy can't, how come he can't? Oh my God, because the highway's right. Yeah, because the music would take you out of it. The music would tell you this is a movie. You could be watching just somebody shooting film. That's right. This is like, this is like watching the news. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on television. Yeah. I mean, that's one. You know, you talk about the, the music. That's one of my pet peeves with the, with the, the, the movies that are coming out. That have been coming out in the last 10 years or mm-hmm. so. There, there's always this background music. And at times, you can't even understand what, what they're saying. What they're yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, why do you need to have, in, in a, at a dramatic moment, why do you need to have the music going too? Right. So, like, so a perfect mm-hmm. example of this is, um, in the movie, we see not only the terror, but we see criminal the, the criminal code. Oh, yeah. Right? Which is another Karloff movie. I don't think I don't think I've seen that movie more than once. I I tell you the truth, I, I don't even remember ever I know I don't have it. But I, I feel it because I saw that scene. Now I'm wondering if I remember it because I remember it from Targets. Right. Or if I remember it from the seeing the movie, because I don't own it. Because that right right at the same time when that movie was made, the the, the other one, the Scarface, is with the Boris Karloff plays one of the guys in it. He's not yeah, yeah, Mooney, right, right. But he's this he's also one of the secondary yeah. characters. Well but but they did the, right. and, and they make a good point that it's it's Howard Hawks's right uh the criminal code. And I'm like, it's a Howard Hawks movie? I should and Carl how did I not see that? Yeah. And I'm part of my brain is saying, you've seen this movie. And I'm saying is have I though? No, I don't and I don't so. know if I have because I don't know if it's even it's, I, put it this way, if it's available, it's, it's not cri- readily it's available. Probably a criterion if it is. If it, I, I don't even know if it's that. I don't think it is a criterion. I think it's maybe one of those that it might be lumped in with. Would, so, so you know how they, so you know how they put out um, the first one came out and it was the Black Cat, the Raven, right, the, yeah. and that was like fifty dollars for that Blu-ray. I bought it immediately because it's like my favorite Karloff and Lugosi's. Then they started putting out four more and four more. And they're up to like set three or four now. I bet it might be one of those. Yeah, but to be Karloff, the scene that you see, Karloff is not the main character. Yes, but Boris Karloff as a name you can put on the out, uh, Howard Hawks and Karloff on a poster right. for for whoever that is, Paramount or whoever's putting those things out. That's a name they can do. Yeah, but this is the, the, the criminal code is before Frankenstein. Yes, I understand that. So whoever is putting out these movies as for like the, the oh, they no, 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 yeah, no, now no, in a set, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is no, I'm not saying that he's the star. Yeah, what I'm saying is is that this is a this is an opportunity that movies like this can come out because it have so how many times they like like right they, they put a movie out and a person's in it and they're not the star of the movie, but they become famous later. Like, oh, it stars like Helen Hunt. It's like Helen Hunt is not the star of the burning. Is Helen Hunt in the burning? Yes. Does she get killed? Yes. Does Jason Alexander get? Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert for a forty-year-old movie. Yeah, they get murdered. They get they get the living hell murder out of them. That movie is the burning is awesome. But like they're in it, and they but now when they talk about the burning, they put Jason Alexander. How, how, like yeah, but they they're just the fodder who get murdered in the thing. That's like saying Friday the Thirteenth with Kevin Bacon. No, Kevin Bacon has the best kill in the entire movie. It pops through his throat and the blood comes out. But if Kevin Bacon's not the star of that movie. He didn't even survive. He didn't make it halfway, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Anyway, well, let's we'll, get, we'll see. Yeah, let's get, let's get to this. Okay. So, um, 
okay. Targets is uh, generally, obviously, it as a like a seven point whatever out of ten and all this stuff. It's, it's generally referred to as a great movie you've never seen. Right. And it made the list of the thousand and one best movies you need to see before you die. It's made the list of like the top 100 uh, lost, not to say lost films, but it, it's on everyone's, any list that comes out that says movies you've met, movies you missed. And on those lists are a lot of movies that we talk about because they're, that's the kind of stuff I love finding. Right. And what happens is when you think about this movie, 1968, right? We did, we, we, we talked about, you know, uh, on our anniversary episode, we talked about literally Planet of the Apes, one of the most influential movies of all time. That's 1968. Could these movies be any more polar opposite of each other? Right. In the in their right. tone, in the way that they're shot, in the way that they're like things right. are happening, and yet, and yet, cinematographer wise, like the cinematography in both are both arresting at times, are both horrifying at times, are both all these things. Like, wow, how can these two movies have this really cool connective tissue in the way they're shot? They're shot well. I think part of it, though, and I'll be blatantly honest, it's shot on film, right? There's something about the. And I, and I don't want to, you know, sound weird, but there's something about movies that were shot on film back in the 60s and 70s that just feel different. Yeah. Well, this looks digital real. film. Well, this looks know. real. Yeah. And the, the other thing that one thing that got me is as we go through the, the story here, this thing, this thing is, it's almost like from the headlines of today. But it was, the, a, but and this stuff happened back then. This is yeah. based on the guy who, who shot the people on the right. highway. Yeah. And, but that stuff still happened. That's what's, that's what's the unnerving part about this. Yeah. There are things in this movie 55 years ago that literally play out today. today. Yeah. And that is probably one of the things that probably bothers more people than anything else. All right. So Boris Koloff plays, of course, Byron Orlock. If you didn't get the Nosferatu reference, I'm giving it to you now. <laughs> it's so on the nose, but right. Um, and uh, okay, so he says, Byron Orlock, an old embittered horror actor, abruptly announces his decision to retire and return to his native England to live out his final days. So this movie opens with the terror. The end of the terror. The end of the terror. And you literally said to me, hey, that, I know this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and the terror, is a, it, it, the terror is not a bad movie. I think it gets a bad rap sometimes um, because it's called the terror, right? But there, there's nothing the terror in it. You know, there's no monsters. There's no creatures. There's no... It's... Jack Nicholson's in it, obviously, uh, Dick Miller and uh, Boris Karloff, and that's who you see most of and basically what they show you. But, like, the movie's not bad, but it's, it, it was one of Corman, and again, one of Corman's colors. It comes at the end of the, um, um, the, the pose. pose. The pose. So, but it wasn't an Edgar Allan Poe, and it wasn't the... Well, it was it, before the Raven and before... Uh, yeah, the Raven's uh, next, right? Raven. I think, or the Raven yeah. right before it. And then there's the comedy of Clarissa. They all around the same time. That they're all that 66, 67. Yeah, because he he got he went and got everyone to come on and be part of this. And what happened is then, uh, you know, we to be on a set and do that anyway. But the movie opens with literally that, and you're like, I know this movie, yeah. and it and then I'm looking at it going, and it doesn't look very good. It's like, oh yeah, because it's shot. It's because we're showing a screen that they're right. watching. So and they're screening it. And of course, when they pull back, they're in the screening room, right? And this is what I said to you. This is this is the kind of not digs. But this is kind of the pull the curtain back, right, right. on AIP. This is what AIP mm -hmm. looks like. I'm not saying it was shot at AIP. It might have been. But I'm saying is like, here they are in a screening room, and here he is. You know, ugh, look at me. I'm I'm just going. He, he's going going through the motions, and they're like, this is amazing. This is going to be the biggest thing ever. Yeah. When, and when you're in the, uh, the screening room, 
Sam, the director, is Peter Bogdanovich. Yeah. So he gets he gets uh, he gets uh, well he, he gets he gets a check for being the uh, the, the no 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 Sam is not Peter Bogdanovich. That the the, no. the the other guy in the room is Peter Bogdanovich. No, the, Sam, the director, is Peter Bogdanovich of the, of the terror of the. T- no, no, the, no, not the he, kid. No, no, he's the he's the, the the new movie that's being that that's being produced. Sam is the director because the the producers ask him, you know, right? You're gonna, you know, we have we have Byron for for you know for so long, but he, when you see him, it's it's Peter Bogdanovich. I I wrote that down to, especially. Oh, okay, yes, yes. I'm thinking the other guy, like yeah. Marshall, is not him. That's no, different no, than God. Right. Okay, no. Marshall Smith, uh, that's uh, Monty Landis, right? And he's the he's the stand-in for uh, Roger Corman. He's right. playing yeah. Roger Corman. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, Bogdanovich plays Sammy Michaels, who's the who's the writer. Yes, he's the writer mm-hmm. slash director. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, that's yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but that's the whole thing is that he's literally, you know. Well, but why not? Because the movie is literally his story right. of dealing yeah. with yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. So uh, right. He well, yeah, he plays yourself. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, Orlock considers himself outdated because he believes that people are no longer frightened by old fashioned horror, citing real life news stories as more horrifying than anything in his films. When he says this stuff and he, he says this multiple times, he shows them like later in the room, he shows them the newspaper and stuff. He talks about the reality of like the horror of life. And it's like, man, like, I know it's 55 years ago, but he literally could be talking about the news today, the news 10 years ago, the news 10 years from now. Like, it's so, I don't, sad. Is that the right word to use, I guess? To think that the more things change, the more it stays the same. It doesn't change, though, Dad. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, 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 right. But I'm saying, but like, but isn't it sad that like he's saying this, 1968? Oh, it's it's it, 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 yeah. And and we hadn't even got to the. I mean, so okay. So this is 68. So this is film 66, 67. Film in 67. We're not even into the 70s yet. Yeah. Well, at this time, the 60s in the United States was an upheaval. Yeah. We were we were just getting into the the real heavy part of Vietnam. I mean, 68 was probably the worst. The worst year of Vietnam uh, of the entire war for the for the 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 death and and uh, and maimings of of American soldiers, and and this movie uh, again it, they don't talk about uh, the the any any military, but it it when he drives around with more guns in the trunk of his car than than you know you, when when he when he opens up the trunk and I guess the premise there is that he and his father are are hunters right. and, and so you would expect him to have that but he's got every conceivable weapon short of a bazooka in his yeah. trunk yeah so uh however um after much uh persuasion particularly from the young director sammy michaels uh Orak agrees to make one in final per, uh in per in person promotional mm-hmm. appearance at the Rosita drive-in theater before leaving hollywood for good so okay so i again it's just i know it's kind of like a Brief summary, but the idea that was going on here is Orloff is decided, Orloff has decided he or he decided that I'm done with this. I, I can't keep doing these movies. I'm getting too old. While this is happening, we start learning about Bobby Thompson a little bit. He's now. I knew you would appreciate the car, the Mustang. Of course, oh, he's driving yeah. right. Yeah. The, I'm 
it looks almost exactly the same as Kolchak's Mustang. Yes. I, like even except, down to the color. Except that, well, it's not yellow. But Kolchak's was yellow. Is it yellow? Yes, it was yellow. He drove oh, a yellow. Yeah, okay, I guess so. He drove a yellow but Mustang. All I know is it, yes, yes. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, yes. And his is like technically light blue, but, but it's that very light. Yeah. But it's probably the same year. 64, yeah. Yeah, but it's, I mean, I, I knew you would appreciate the Mustang in it, right? Um, and, you know, you look at Bobby and he just seems like a normal guy. He goes to the, the gun shop and he's like, oh, we're going to hunt in this weekend. And he's looking through the scope and he's looking across the street in the scope. And what has he got in the scope? He's got Orloff getting into the thing. And he's like, yeah. And he just seems like, okay. And then when he goes home and you're not a hundred percent sure, like if it's, I mean, it, 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 he walks in, so you're assuming it must be where he lives. Yeah. Well, again, the thing it's is, weird. He, he and his wife live with his mother and father and his brother. But we don't know and, that yet. Well, well yeah, but, but, but that's what they, well, when they walk in the house, the, the, the mother's there, the father's there. No, no, no the, the dad's father, not there. The, the father comes the, the, and No, there's no brother. It's just him and the, the brother's never there. That's not the brother. The delivery boy gets killed. Delivery boy, that's right. right. So that's what right. happens is he comes, but he comes in the house and it's like, instead of coming in and be like, oh, mom, I'm home. Like He's like he, skulking he, around. around and you're like, wait, is this his house? Like, is he? Like, you know, and you hear the mother like, well, what time's Bobby getting home? Oh, he work him too. Or like, what? Like, yeah. and you're not quite sure because he's kind of like just moving around the house. And, and I'm not saying that, they, that anyone took it from this movie, but the way he's kind of moving around, the way he's looking at things. Remember in Henry Portrait of a Sailor Killer? Like yeah. some of the scenes in there, you're like, wait, is this weird? And then like, you're like, oh, wait, I'm watching a, like, you're wondering, I'm like, am I watching someone watching this? Like it, and I'm not saying that that was shot purposely this way, but you almost feel like you're in the room, the way Bogdanova shot this, you feel like you're not supposed to be in the room watching him look around. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's weird, right? Yeah. Like, and, and I was like, huh, I don't know if I ever noticed it being, again, I'm watching it differently now. I'm watching it now, 20 years older you know, in, in my forties now, not my twenties as a dad, as a whatever, you know, all the life that's occurred. And I'm like, man, I really never noticed how weird he's acting. I knew he was acting strange, but he really is at no point. Does he seem normal? Something's off. And you start really starting to notice it as soon as he's home. Now, of course he gets there and like, Oh, Peter, we didn't hear you come in. He's like, and then, Oh, I'm fine. Let's eat dinner. And they sit down and they pray yeah. and they got the TV on and you're like, it's almost like he was huh. in, he was in a trance thinking right. of something else. Right. And, and and it is. That's the whole point yeah. is that he he even says later, my mind sometimes plays tricks on me. And it's like, what? And I never think I really noticed that. Now, of course, we cut back to Karloff's part, right? right. When they're in the hotel oh, and, and they're is, drunk. Well, I got to tell you. I, it, is, it is one of the... Okay. So this movie has a, one or two laughs in it. And Karloff plays the laughs. Right. And... He's really good at playing. Again, they're straight laughs you would have when he gets in the bed. It's like, oh, and it's just like, like, oh my, yeah, okay. But him when he wakes up in the morning and sees himself and he goes, oh, he scares himself in the, in the mirror. mirror. You guys see how bad he looks because that's how drunk he is. And I'm like, I literally laughed and I was like, man, you, I know what's coming. I know how this movie is going to end. I know what's going to occur between now and the end to get us there. And you need that laugh. You need, because there's movies now where they don't ever have a laugh. They just are in your face, punching the gut, right. hit you as hard as they can. You need sometimes that laugh because it took you out of it. And that whole, how long is that scene with them? Like where they're drinking and stuff. About like two minutes. Two, three minutes. Yeah. That whole, you're like, what? 
Like, but well, it's really important. Well, well, the, you know what? Things, when I would, I, you know, he's only got a couple of days or so yeah. uh, to be there. And that hotel room that he's in, there is an array of liquor. That would rival any bar yeah, in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would hazard a guess that the drinks that he's having, because he pours himself a few drinks, they're probably really alcohol. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it might not be, you know, <laughs> I mean, no, like it might not be the strongest proof in the world, but they're probably, I mean, you know, spirits of some course. Wait, I mean, that, that could have been one of the come ons. Hey. Yeah. You know, well, you only got to be here two days, <laughs> you know, but I'm just saying, but it's so funny, like that whole thing, like just the way they're acting and like he's like, I haven't even read your script and it's, it's just the back and forth. You're like, and, okay, because it takes you away from Bobby. Right. And then right after that, the scene in the, in the hotel, yeah. right in, in the hotel room, there is a shot of the, of the front headlines of a newspaper. Youth killed six in supermarket. And so, I mean, that's, that's jarring too, because now that scene portends what's going to happen. Yeah. But when we talked about how this, this, you know, was, was prescient for the future. Uh, just a number of months ago, that 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 kid that killed all those kids in that supermarket at the mm -hmm. tops in in Buffalo. Yep. Right. I mean, so it's not like this has never happened before. It's just that now with the with the media coverage that you have and the internet and everything else, there isn't a corner of this earth that yeah. cannot be shown in in the six o'clock news. Yeah. So. Uh, Bobby Thompson, uh, in the attendance here, says he's a uh, he's an insurance salesman, or insurance agent, um, and the implication, and this is what we get from when we kind of see him walking around, that he had served in Nam, like yeah. he had served. They don't bring it up, but he had obviously served. He understands how to use a gun. He he was a hunter, but he understands how to use a gun. He understands how to use a sniper rifle. Like he truly understands. And some of the guns in his trunk. You probably don't get those guns at the local gun shop. Right. You know, he had to bring those home, right? Um, and things are much different nowadays and stuff like that. Um, and he obviously, they live in the San Fernando Valley, and it was shot in the San Fernando <laughs> Valley um, with his wife and his parents, right? Thompson's uh, bears to be a deeply disturbed gun collector, but his family doesn't really seem to take any notice of it. And you think about it, you know, like, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Clark, the guy who did... Uh, Christmas story. He also did Death Dream. And Death Dream is about the parents wishing that it's the monkey's paw. They wish right. their son came back and he's dead and he comes back from Vietnam and now he's a corpse and it's killing. Death Dream is a very different movie than, uh, it was just very funny because he also made Black Christmas and then he made, of course, a Christmas story. Um, you know, so, yeah. same guy. You know, and that, there was, at about the, this time, there was a, another scene. He and his father are at the, they're, they're shooting at the cans, cans and bottles and what have you. And the father goes out to either reset them or whatever. Yep, to reset them, yeah. And then you have the son looking at the father through the scope of the rifle that is loaded. Yeah. It's not just the scope that he views Karloff earlier in the picture by just holding the yeah. scope. Now he's got his father in the gun sights. Right. And the dad, of course, reams him out. No. How dare you do that? You know better. You know about gun safety. He's like, oh, I didn't think. I didn't think. And it's like he, he tries to play himself off as being a child. And that right. is the first time you see that childlike, oh, I didn't know, I didn't think. Like, and you're like, okay, like the dad's falling for this. Yeah. Like, like, and you you don't want him to, but, and this is what I was kind of getting at. There is, and you see it, and I wish it didn't happen, but it still happens today. People would rather believe that everything, every, oh, I'm fine. I, I say it all, it's freaking time. I, 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 you know, I'm fine. Literally, 
guts falling out of me. I'm mm-hmm. fine. I'm fine. Cause you tell people you're fine. Cause you don't want to be that person. Right. And, and, and the dad wants to believe that his son went to off to war and he's back and he's normal and everything's good. And it's, he's going to, he's married and they're going to have kids. I mean, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, you're not going to be an insurance changes forever. You'll be running that company. Like it, it's, it's this mindset that change is going to happen and everything's good. And like people don't see the cracks. They only want to see the facade, right? Yeah. You don't see the crack in the facade. And yeah. that's a clear, I mean, right. we know, but they see, that's, the, that's the other problem. We as an audience know more than the people in the movie. Yes. And that is frustrating at times because you're like, how are you not seeing this? Yeah. How are you not seeing the guy literally has an arsenal in the back? He has 300 rounds of ammo. How do you not see he has 500 shotgun shells? Like how, all of these are red flags, but no one like, oh, we're going hunting. Yeah. They're going to go shoot whatever. Yeah. And, and and as the audience, what we see that his psychosis is starting to take over. Yeah. Uh, the Again, one of, there's a lot of scenes in, in the house, but one the next telling scene that shows him the next step further, he's in the bedroom, the darkened room, and his wife comes home from work. Oh, okay. Hang on one sec. Yeah. So let's, so okay. the wife is going to work. Going to work. He's like, you don't need, you shouldn't be working at night. Well, I need to work. You need to make, I guess that back and forth. So you're like, okay, it's just, you know, husband and wife bickering. She goes off to work and he's like, don't go to work tonight. Like, and I'm like, mm. Like, right. you know, I've heard that line in 1980 when Joe Zito says, don't go out tonight. And then I know what happens to the next lady. She don't have a head. Yeah. Um, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's that little things. And then they're watching, like, like she comes home and whatever. And then, then when they're watching the, t- when they're watching television, like together, oh, I'm going to stay up for a little bit. He's not staying up for a little bit. He's smoking packs of cigarettes. He's right. staying up all and night. That, that's, that, that was the point I yeah, wanted to right. make. It's just, At this point, when the, the wife comes into the bedroom, after she's come home from work and that the room is dark. Yeah. He puffs on his cigarette and his face lights up. Yeah. That is a great yeah. cinematic yeah. scene yeah. because, and it, it lights up and then it goes out. Right. And then it comes on again and then it goes out. And then the horror is when this movie takes off. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is that you're watching this guy descend into madness slowly, but you know, he's doing it. But his wife and his mom and his dad and and everyone around him has no idea. And that's the scary part. Because then what happens, we cut back to Carlo. Carlo. Okay, what do I got to do? And he does that great, and he, I don't know how many, it's it's how many, like it's, I think it's like almost, it's a hundred straight seconds uncut of Karloff retelling the, um, the, the it's, it's Somerset's uh, retelling of Babylon's fable of the, the appointment in Samara. And I'm like, what a. It's really of, cool little and, thing, and it's and it's 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 one it, take. It's, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. One hundred. It's one hundred seconds mm-hmm. long. It's it's him just going on and doing it, and you're like, okay. And yet, that takes you away because your mind's like, wait, wait, what's that guy doing over there? Yeah. This is where I think what he what Corman said to him about Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock, he in the birds, perfect example. In the birds, we see the gasoline coming towards the guy with the cigarette with the cigarette, right? And they're in there and they're bang, bang, hey, 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 hey. And he's like, you're watching the, and, and they can't open the window because the birds are attacking. And here comes the gasoline. And the guy getting out of the car and he's lighting the cigarette and they finally jump, don't drop that match. Boom. And you are, if we just blow it up, yeah. five seconds, you're high, you come yeah. down. You're, 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 you're like, you're don't good. drop it. <laughs> right. And it's, it's, it's the old Hitchcock build. And the scenes, Bogdanovich has several scenes where he's giving you that yeah. little bill and you're like, right. okay, this, this is get out of the house. Just don't come home. Don't like something's wrong. 
and you're not doing it because they don't see it because that's happening over there and we're living over here and you don't see the over here until right. the over here is here. Yeah. Think about this. And, and again, I know this is not a movie, his movie, but we would see this again and, and countless movies, right? Where they build those things and they people got it from Hitchcock and Hitchcock got it from, you know, probably some German guy back in the, like the aughts, you know, kind of thing. And you see it happen even like, even in, um, like a movie as, as, as mainstream, like the usual suspects, literally the whole movie Ooh. is that right. the whole movie is the twist. Right. And you're like, Oh my God. And as you see it, you as an audience, no more unusual suspects. We don't. The second time you watch usual suspects, you know, everything. And you're like, how, how did I miss it? How did I miss this? How did, how did I miss 90 minutes of a movie? But as we know, those little things, as you start to know little things and we're watching the, we're watching him turn and Bobby kind of getting there. You're like, he's going to start killing people. And what happens? Yeah. Now, I mean, eventually it turns to the point where now he's he's there and okay, now he's gonna he shoots and kills his wife after the shower, right? I mean, we, we, you know, we there's other stuff that happens, but it's all the stuff getting ready for the, right. the movie premiere, right? Which is not, again, it seems like it might be important, but all that stuff means nothing. nothing. I mean, it's all fluff. It's just it's just happens. It, it's going on in parallel, right? Yeah. It's, so it's it's allowed you to come out of the story and come back in. So he <laughs> shoots his wife and kills her. The mother comes in. He shoots her dead. Right. And he shoots the and he shoots the delivery boy. Delivery boy, not the not the brother. Delivery boy. Delivery boy. Right. That poor kid. He's like, all I want to do is bring the eggs. You know, kind of thing. Right. And and what happens? And then he kills them. And then matter of factly, drags the bodies into the bedroom. He puts a towel on top of the blood. He's got to wipe the blood off his hands. And you're like, this guy is a psychopath. He is a straight up psychopath. So. Well, the thing is, you know, the only the only the only issue I had with that that scene was that he shoots them and they they blood splatters yes. and he's all over him. When he's dragging them away, there's no blood on the floor. Okay, so it's that there is a li- okay. So when he shoots him, there's the blood stain on the ground, right. and then when he drags the mother, there is some drag when he drags her. Because I went back and looked, um, but there, you're correct. There should be much more oh. blood. But, and this is where the buck comes in, there's a budget and we only have oh, so much money. Right. And that's, that is, if anyone wants to knock Corman and, then, and his productions, sometimes and, the reality of life yeah. can't work and because then, we yet, don't have the money for and it. And yet, even though he's he's now gone over to the dark side, he still puts the, the towels over everybody, over their face because yeah. they're dead. So- it, well, he drags him to the bedroom and then puts him in the bed. Yeah. He puts his wife into the bed. Yeah. The delivery boy, he has, he cleans the floor. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like, so he's gone. He's, he, they, 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 we now know there's nothing. There's whatever snapped is snapped. And I'm like, okay, how is he going? And, and again, the first time you're watching this, you're going, all right, he's going to go kill more people. And that's, and he's already set up that he's very interested in. The, the power plant and like with the reactor mm-hmm. thing. Oh, not the reactor, but like the cooling tower mm-hmm. and there's and the highway and that's all real. That's all yeah, real a, San Fernando yeah, Valley. Cars are driving. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. And you're like, okay, how's he going to do this? But then he's got to go get the ammo. So what does he do? He grabs a baby Ruth on, oh. on, and he goes in. That's, that's an a, old school baby Ruth. And yeah. for those of you who've never had a real, who only had the new baby, an old school baby Ruth tastes better than most candy bars do because yeah. it's real peanuts and real everything. I mean, I wrote that down. He, he, I think he he has a baby Ruth three times in the movie. He actually rips open it and eats it. Yeah, right on. But 
Well, he also has a sandwich at one point. Yeah. He has whatever. Like he's just matter of factly going on with his life as if he's just going out to go fishing. Like as if nothing occurred. I didn't just murder my mom, my uh, the delivery boy, and my wife. Oh. Cover it up at the house. Get in the car. Drive to the gun shop right. and buy three hundred rounds. And he goes, "What are you hunting? Pigs." Pigs. And I'm like, "Yeah." It's a little on the nose, but if you think about it, that scene where because the guy goes, "Oh, I was out sick yesterday," and it's like, so like, why? What does that, is that important to the scene? Nope. But it's so matter of fact. He goes, "Are we okay letting them put this on there?" Yeah, they're good. Like he goes and texts with him, and he's worried. He's like, oh, "They're not going to give me the bullets," but he's like, "Ah, they come here all the time." So you're like, okay, this, 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 he's going to go. We know where he's going. And what happens? He wheels off and he now gets yeah. up to the top. When, when, he, when he's getting the gun, when he's, like, when he's getting the, the, uh, the shotgun shells yeah. and, and the yeah, bullets, yeah. I, I thought at that point when the, uh, the clerk goes in the back to ask the boss whether or not they could do it, I, was, I wondered whether those were the next two in his, yeah. in his, going to be in his repertoire, so to speak. But right. no, the, he gets all the ammo. And then he goes to the right because it's not fitting into what he wants to do. Right. Um, so that afternoon, he can he um, he goes and he gets on top, and it's, it's technically a storage tank for oil. That's right. It's got to be. It's got to be an oil because there is no. It, this is 1968. There's got to be. There, there, those are giant oil tanks, right? Kind of thing. He gets up on top of the oil tank, and again, he knows to park his car. So he's insane, or I shouldn't say insane. That's probably the wrong word. He's psychotic, but he's not insane. No, he he's, understands he, he, what he's doing. What he's doing. He parks away. He puts it over the fence. He sneaks in. He makes sure the guy working at the oil refinery doesn't see, see him. him. Like there's so so if you're like, oh, he's just an insane person. No, an insane person wouldn't care about those things. A psychotic does. He he has a plan and a scheme and he knows what he's doing. And when he goes up on top there, he's got all the guns laid out. And and now he's like just targeting on the high. And you're like, oh my God. This is not even, I mean, the, the, all the, 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 the guy highway. in Washington did yeah. this. This stuff happened in the 60s. Like, this was not, it didn't happen. Shootings did not happen as often as they do now. And that's and that's a horrible thing to have to say, but it's true. But good Lord, like, this is not that far-fetched to right. what you would have heard, you know, on a, the news report any night, right? Because we know the morning news is about how great the day is. And then end of the day, it's how many people died. And that's what happens, right? But it's like, okay, and then he starts just shooting random cars, just hitting people. And the the, the worst one is when he, the, the husband gets shot and the wife gets out, and then he's shooting at the wife, and he doesn't kill her immediately. <laughs> and you're like, oh, just shoot her. Just shoot her, please. Just shoot her. Because like now she's getting shot at, and she's trying to, because the cars are veiling off right now. I'm not 100% sure, because they didn't close that road down. No, but they had, what they had was is they had the plants. Yes, the plant coming through, and you when, and there must have been some radio communication yes. that says, yes. now, "Now go off the go. road." Yeah, right. Because that was shot on a real highway with real traffic going the real oh, other wow. way. Yeah, and I'm like that. That's ballsy. Like that, that yeah. is that is ballsy. Because what are we seeing? Peter Bogdanovich on top of a tower, and he's shooting this. For reals, oh, for real. at cars going, or <clears throat> not necessarily him, but the cinematographer. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, he's up there, too. These guys are shooting, and you're like, that is a... So Nowadays, it's either... Well, no, forget forget the CG. But you would have, like, a closed set and closed. Everything's closed and controlled. This is, like, guerrilla filmmaking. Right, exactly. 
That's the that's word. why it's so good. Right. And because especially when he shoots one the guy in the truck, yeah. the truck starts veering every which way. Now, there must have he doesn't run into and nobody gets no uh, there's no uh collisions, right? Collisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all run off. So they 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 must have set it up so that do you, how much room do you have? You got a hundred yards? Okay. You know, we're gonna do you. Yeah, yeah. And so and then with the one with the with the wife and the and again that he's only shooting the cars going from left to right in front of him. Yeah. And he's he's hitting the the, the person that he can see in the, yeah. in the thing. When he shoots the the car with the wife, the bullet must miss her and go and hit the, the husband. Yeah. And the husband pulls off. The, yeah. And the then she gets and out. She gets out. Yeah. And then he. And then she's in the sand. Like and again, really falling for yeah. herself. And you're like, this is the. And that's what we're talking about. This is guerrilla filmmaking. This is which look real. This looks documentary style. This looks realistic to the point where you're like. That's why I think this movie hits for though. Again, if you've never seen it, it you don't kind of understand necessarily how much it hit, but it hits as real Yeah, because it feels real. He, this is not, I mean, I'm not saying the guy's not, he, he's, he's, he looks, there's nothing wrong with the actor who's playing him, but he doesn't look, he's not movie star, no, whatever. He, he, he looks like a human being. Yeah, Johnny right? Jones. Yeah. He looks like any other guy except for Boris Koloff, who you recognize because he's Boris Koloff. Every other person in this movie just looks like a normal person. Right. You know? I, you know, the thing is, when they, the shows his, his, his I, it doesn't, show, it does shows his sanity to some extent when he's up on top of the, uh, the oil refinery. He's actually laying out a picnic. He, but, but he's got to eat while he's going to kill. Yeah, but I'm saying, but yes, I'm saying, so it's, it's like, it's like the, this is why I'm saying he's not insane. He's psychotic. Right. Because he's like, well, my day is going to consist of me doing this, this, and this. I've already killed my wife, my mom, and the delivery boy. I cleaned it up. Now I got to stop and get a sandwich, and I got to get a drink. And because he, he's drinking a soda, he yeah. cracks open a soda. Those old timey sodas that probably taste amazing, right? Yeah. You know, kind of thing. And he's like, "Oh, I'm eating my sandwich, and I got my guns, and I got this." As if it literally was him saying, "Well, I'm going to do the taxes today, and I'm going to sit down and start working on these yeah. taxes, and I'm going to have myself a drink." Like it's as if it is nothing different than every other day of the week. Yeah. When the, the the next but what happens is after after he's he's already shot the uh, the the woman is the attendant at the oil refinery hears noise yeah. and climbs up and after he after he um, shoots him yeah. okay it's like he almost has he's now afraid well because he's and been found out he's been found out but, now but also the cops start showing up that's when yeah. he starts hearing the sirens and that scene is when he snaps back right. into reality. But he yeah. leaves so much behind because yeah. he can't grab it all, right? And he's dropping it and whatever. But that then, I think, okay. So if he was able to carry all of it in a bag, like, you know, you know when Commando, when Schwarzenegger comes out of the water and he literally is carrying a bazooka yeah. and like literally the the armory in a freaking duffel bag because, but it's also Arnold Schwarzenegger getting out of there. This kid, he can't handle it. It's too much. The guns are too unruly. The bag's too big. He's got the, not the gunny sack. What do you call that thing? Like your, your, duffel, bag. your duffel bag, right? Yeah. He's got a duffel. It doesn't fit in the duffel bag. Like he, he's got it planned, but now the plan's off and now he's scrambling and you're like, holy crap, this looks, so, because it looks real. Yeah. Because you would do that. And then not, you know, not that you people are not shooting anybody, but you're like, oh, like when you get flustered, right? Things don't yeah. work. And then he throws it over and he gets in the car and now he's get, on a, getting chased. But he's trying to act. Well, drive, you know, drive, drive. What? What is uh um? Oh, it's from Star Wars. I totally blanked on it. 
Uh, and he's like, fly, ca fly casual, right? <laughs> he's trying to drive casual. Well, the cop, knew, oh, oh, that guy gets pulled out of here. Let me follow that guy. And all of a sudden, now he starts going through residential streets where he's making cuts and doing whatever. And the only car accident in the whole movie is, well, I shouldn't say that. The only car accident that doesn't occur in the, the driving is that scene right there. Now, that's clearly a closed street in a neighborhood. Right. And it's all the three cars they own, right? But think about that. They're on the they're on the San in San Fernando on the highway. They're on a local oh. side street. Those are all real things. They go in. He digs them deeper into a neighborhood. In the neighborhood, you have the accident. Why? Because I can control a street yeah. and put it together. Again, filmmaking, right? And he, the cop car hits into them. He gets stuck, and he's able to then get back onto the street and pull into the drive-in and hide. And you're like, of course. Where else would you hide? The drive-in's got. I'm going to have a hundred cars because everyone knows tonight, the terror, you know, uh, Orloff's going to be here. It's going to be amazing. Like, you know, kind of thing. Right. So he goes and hides and he parks the car, gets out. And he now is looking for the next place to set up to kill people. And you're like, Oh my God, he literally just ran for his life. Now I got to go find some place to set up so I can shoot more people. And you're like, okay, this guy is beyond snap. Yeah. Right. No, you have to remember, he's not, even though you see the scene in the very beginning of the movie, he's got Karloff in the, the site of the, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the thing. He's not trying to kill Karloff. No, he's not. No, which, no. which is funny because literally yeah. every single poster and every single like artwork yep. shows mm -hmm. him in the crosshairs because it's a really cool, like, yeah. in all fairness, it's a really cool scene because he has Karloff right in his crosshairs and you're like, man, like that's a really cool poster scene, right? <clears throat> but he's not interested in murdering him. He just wants to murder anybody. He's, it's non-discriminatory. He doesn't man, woman, child. He shoots children. He doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care. And mm -hmm. and now, of course, we have you know get to that. So he's now set up inside the screen. Uh, you know, well, well, inside the yeah, it's not well, in the scaffold. Not the, in the in, scaffolding in of the screen because it's a giant. It's a giant driving. And so, he's actually punched a hole in the screen, which you wouldn't be able to see. Yeah, at that size. No, right? All you would see is the little blip, but you can't even tell because yeah. the screen might have rips and tears in it because <laughs> right. outdoor screens get that. You know, that's one of the things when you go to a drive-in, that's why you don't go to a drive-in to see, like, you know, the movie you're going to pay $30 to watch in, you know, IMAX 3D. You go to a drive-in to go to a drive-in, yeah. right? And as the drive-in starts filling, you're like, you know he's there. And again, there's that Hitchcock. You know he's there. You know he has a gun, right? And it is 1968 because the scene that's not here that they do in Assassins, which I love. Remember when Banderas is waiting on uh, St Stallone cool. to come out of the bank and Stallone's like having his coffee and he goes to the bathroom and Banderas has to like piss in the bottle and like he's going insane like he's waiting to kill him right so that scene again I know not related but that scene where Banderas is waiting and waiting and waiting and he he eventually can't hold his water and he has to come down to make sure he's still there and Assassin's is a very different movie what we're getting here is he's sitting there okay watching like alright and he's checking I can't see it okay and he looks and yeah. he waits and well, he, he has, waits. Well, he has to wait for the lights to go the on. Lights the lights to car. go on, right, right. But he has to wait for the lights to go down. He can't see yet. And he keeps checking. And I was like, oh, and I know it's not the exact same idea, but that made me think yeah. of that. He's just like, he cannot wait to start killing people. Are those lights off yet? Not yet. Lights off yet? Not yet. And he's waiting and waiting. And, he's, and he has his, 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 his gun set up and whatever ammo he's got left. And he has his little less of his sandwich. And I'm like, oh my God, like literally, we all know there's a guy with a gun. And what happens? Everyone gets in the drive-in, they turn the lights off. And then now, as he starts killing people, he shoots the guy in the telephone booth first, right? And then he starts shooting the people and people are like, 
put your window down. They're like, what? And they open the door and then bam. And I was like, don't open your door. Put your window down. Yeah. What? Bam. And I'm like, oh my God, stop. Stop with the lights. Stop with the lights. And then of course, people realize they turn their lights on to blind him. And I'm like, that's what you would do. Because the guy, he's like, that's the line in Die Hard. They're shooting at the lights, nice. right? Well, what happens? The light comes on, you get shot. The light comes on, you get shot. It don't. It doesn't take forever to figure out that once the light goes on, he's shooting at you. Yeah, and it, and it's not it's not being done on purpose. Is that when you open the door to a car, the light, the on, light right? goes on? Yeah, and and that's and, the and, he, and it was not, it was <clears throat> equal opportunity. Oh, he killed. It didn't make any difference whether it was children, yeah, women, men. It didn't matter who it was. It didn't matter. It didn't who matter. Was. He just wants to kill people, <clears throat> and then he shoots the projectionist who's looking out and he shoots him and you're like, okay, like how are they? And, and now they're, now they're like, there's a guy with a gun. There's a guy, there's a sniper. And like, now people are starting to, and you're like, okay, who has a gun in their trunk? Right. Because yeah. people carried guns in their trunks. People carried weapons in their trunks. Not like, like the arsenal he had, but it would not be on, to have a hunting rifle yeah. in your trunk. And then what's typical of what, as soon as panic sets in, everybody's got to leave at the same yeah. time. And so now those are the other car accidents I yeah, was talking about. But but now everybody he they now become lined up like ducks on a pond. Yeah, like cattle in, in, in a chute. Right. Yeah. But and, and and again, I'm not a car guy, but there are some nice older cars oh, in there. Yeah. They they're 1960s cars, which are worth a fortune now, mm -hmm. but like then they were just cars. And I'm like, man, there's some really nice cars. Kelly didn't watch this with me. Kelly what well, Kelly would have appreciated the Mustang. And Kelly likes some of the older cars because her dad was a big Chevy guy. Kind right. Of thing, right. You know, Jimmy always loved his, his old Chevys. Right. Kelly would appreciate some of those cars. Like even even the like the, the, the station wagons. Well, the and station whatever. Wagons was, when, when I was when I was really young. Yeah. My, we didn't have a car, but my uncle had a, had a station wagon. Right. And my brother and my two cousins, we were all yeah, yeah, a yeah, couple yeah, of years yeah. apart. We would all get in there and it would be my uncle and and my aunt, yeah. my mother and my father. And the and the four and the four kids and we would all be in the back of the station wagon right. sitting on the floor. Right, that's how big those cars yeah. were. Right, but I'm saying is, but even like but like <clears throat> it, people who are car guys who are, who love the yeah. old cars, these old movies oh, are yeah. like like porn to them. They're like, oh my god, look at it. Like, remember we were watching. Well, even Bullet. You've oh my god, well, okay. you've got no, 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 no the car that the car Bullet. They are they are the, some of the best cars ever of all time in Bullet. Yeah, well, you got you got yeah. the the DTO. I mean, yeah, I mean, Ed, the, 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 I mean. Those movies, but th but that but that's those scenes are the cars here are just ancillary. Right. They're just they're just part of the window right. dressing. In Bullet, it, that his car is is literally a character in that movie. Right, and I mean and you know I mean the Bullet car has become like you know that when it comes oh, up for auction. Right, but I'm saying, but if someone will make one, right, will we'll do a restore into that, and it'll go off for auction at like Kissimmee or something right. like that, and that thing goes for like. $250,000, $300,000. And it's not even a real car from the movie or right. any of that stuff. It's just a car that looks like a it. Replica. Just so you can drive yeah. to a car show and be like, because oh. right. what happens? Everyone at a car show is like, oh, well, Ford it actually came out a couple of years ago with 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 the, well, with the bullet car. Well, right. And they and, the, and then the 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 the, the ch 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 not the challenger. The charger, charger. they made the ch matching charger was there. And then of course we got the, when the Challenger came back, we did get a very limited run of white Challengers. Mm -hmm. And we all know Vanishing Point, you know, kind of thing. But th that's the thing is, those cars are iconic. Yeah. Because those are iconic cars. Yeah. But I'm saying is, for somebody who appreciates the 1960s, the, the, late, 50, the, the late 60s, early 70s, all that stuff, like, someone who, like, or someone who's into, the, like, the clothes of the time, or the whatever, these movies are the real thing. 
Planet of the Apes, amazing, yeah. right? But they're guys yeah. in suits, it's special effects, it's what, and again, totally different movie. When you start looking back, how many times are we watching like some B movie? Doesn't matter. Like, um, um, like what's the one with the with the coelacant and they like they put the blood in a, and like the, yeah. uh, the not not oh. the um, yeah I know what you mean the, the monster on the canvas monster. right the first thing you said look at that delivery truck oh my god yeah. like because it's a classic right but it was just the truck at the time yeah but we can look at that now and say okay you can appreciate it. it's like it's or like watching King Kong and the, all, like the cars on the road I mean like those are from the thirties you know kind of thing like those cars don't don't even exist anymore some of those things people can go back and look and take enjoyment out of that too. And that's part of, and it's it's weird to say because we're watching a movie about a guy who's killing people. You can take, it not that takes you out of it, be like, oh man, like it would look weird. Again, it wasn't done on purpose; it's just what they had on hand. But it one hundred percent sells you. This is nineteen sixty eight. This is whatever. This is real. So anyway, he starts shooting. Their mob starting to form, and of course now uh, Karloff's assistant gets shot, and part of me. I know it's coming. I don't want her to get shot. She has done literally mm-hmm. nothing wrong. She has literally been the whipping boy. The That's a horrible thing to say, but like she literally has been doing everything, everything the whole movie. She's like the most likable person here who's put up with all this crap. And then she goes with him, of course. And and you can tell the, the actress who's there, you know, I mean, some of the stuff that they banter back and forth, which I won't say here, uh, might not be PC in today's day and age, but in 1968, you would joke about, you know, maybe people's races and stuff like that, but it wasn't done maliciously. It's done in a loving way. And she's really, you I mean, you believe that she cares about him. Now, I don't know if she ever met him Boris before, up, before the whole thing, but she did a great job of making me believe that she cared about this guy that she's been with for years and whatever. Right. And of course, now the end of the movie, and this is this is how I mean, he he's they find him, and then he's he's trying to get down. He drops the gun, and now he doesn't have his weapon, and he be, he gets scared again. And you're like, man, this guy is like all over the map. And now someone's finally got there. There's someone shooting. Get the cops. Now the cops are coming. There's cars going everywhere. It's anarchy. He's trying to get to his gun, and this is when and 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 the way it's filmed is. It, it, it does, it's actually filmed really simply, but effectively. You have Karloff walking in from the parking lot. And on the screen, because now he's down, now the, the Bobby's down at the bottom. And he looks up at the screen, and there's Karloff on the screen in the terror, walking. And then he looks to his left, and here's Karloff walking. And you're like, gee, that, this isn't even a hard shot. This is not even like you need yeah. directing school. Like, this is easy shots. And it's so effective. And all you see is just like, you see him getting scared. And he goes from this guy who just murdered dozen, yeah. two dozen people, to now a little boy who is afraid of the monster on the screen. And you're like, what is Karloff's opening line? I'm, you know, camp. No one's scared of me anymore. This guy's terrified of him. And what happens? And I mean, literally, so nowadays, what would happen? The guy would wind up, he, he shoots at Karloff and wings him and he hits him, he raises his head. Nowadays, uh, he would shoot him and then there would be a struggle and he would get shot. Karloff just slaps the living heck out of him, just beats him. Like, how dare you do this? Like, how dare you do this to people I care about and to my fan? And you're like, okay, no one saw that coming. 
that's not the ending you thought's coming. The ending you think's coming is there's going to be a shot. Right. Somebody's going to he's going to he's going to sh- shoot himself. They're going to be a struggle for a gun. Carlos going to die. Any of those endings, I could give you ten endings. The one you went with was Karloff coming in. He is winged by the bullet. Now he is bleeding from his head, right? And he's not bleeding, bleeding, but he got winged. And he literally smacks him, just beats him. To, well, he hits him with the cane, cane, right? He beats him to the air. And he's like, as, how dare you? And it's like, that is exactly how it should end. Because if it ended with guns and it, the police and the bullets, and it ended like the end of right, Reservoir right, Dogs, just like anything, else. anything else, we've seen that movie. Like, it's it's not the wild bunch. This isn't like everyone's, no, I'm not, I'm not kidding. This yeah. isn't, we're not dying in a hail of bullets. This, he literally gets arrested and he's crying. And they're like, well, let's get this guy out here. And the crowd's ready to kill him. The crowd's ready to lynch him right there. And, and, and you know, they're like, well, let's get this fixed. He's like, I'm fine. She, and then what happens is she's like, I'm fine. She gets shot in the shoulder. And he's bleeding from there. You're like, and that's how it ends. And it's just not, there's no, there's no cathartic, like, no. you know, nothing. It's just, that's how it ends. Because that's how it would end. It would end, it wouldn't, it's not going to, not everything ends in this amazing blaze of glory, right? Right, or, it, or, or the, or, or the, the gunfight at this, or, or, or the, or, or the, uh, the, uh, the main person making this speech. Yeah, right, he didn't pontificate, movie. whatever. I mean, the, the actual end of the movie, the last shot is classic. Yeah. Because the next day when the sun's out, there's one car in the right. parking lot. Right, And, but that's what I'm saying is, so that's how the movie ends. Your movie ends not with this huge bang, but not with a whimper. No. It ends with reality. And the whole, just just taking taking the veil of, of of like the movie screen and pulling it back and saying, look, this is what's real. This is as real. I mean, again, and I know it's a movie and no one truly got shot or whatever, but this was real to an extent that it was, okay, the choices that were made. And again, maybe the choices were made for budgetary reasons, the lack of music, the lack of whatever. But those choices all create a movie right. yeah. that... Honestly, I mean, I said to you, we're going to watch Targets. And what'd you say to me? He said, I don't know if I've ever seen it. I mean, you said, I've seen it, but I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Why? I'm certainly not, I, I enjoy this movie a lot. I do. But I'm certainly not popping this movie on, on like yeah. a day to just kind of watch. Yeah. Right? Like, perfect example. The other day, Kelly's going through the channel. She goes, oh, she puts on a movie. It's Tombstone. And now, it's the end of Tombstone. And okay. I'm like, oh, okay. We're, I go, he's dying. And Haley goes, how do you know? I go, they're playing, they're playing cards. He's dying. And he says, I don't have my boots on, right? And I was like, eh. And then Kelly and Haley goes, "What's the problem?" I go, "I kind of wish it was like forty minutes ago, oh, and it was the right. guns, the gunfight, which is like amazing, you know, you know, kind of thing." Because if you and if you've never seen Tombstone, where have you been? Um, the whole thing is, right? Tombstone's a movie. If it's on, oh, we pop on Tombstone. Right. Let me see where we're at, right? Or like, oh, yeah. um, that's right. That's all we've got. Godzilla versus Kong has been on a bunch. Yeah. I'm like, oh, let me see where we're at. Or Kong Skull Island is dangerous because I get hooked on that movie and I'm like, oh, we're going to eat. We're going to have the thing with this going to happen, right? TNT plays them. You put, or like Fast and the Furious are like that, like Hobbs and Shaw's. I'm like, yeah. oh, where's Hobbs and Shaw? Like, I'm not popping on targets in the middle of a movie because, because I mean, I mean, if it's on, I might stop and see where we're probably yeah. at. But this isn't a movie you sit down and you're like, I feel good watching this because you don't. Yeah. And But it's not, you don't feel dirty. I shouldn't say this is not like Martyrs where literally I, my skin felt it was going to fall off watching the movie, but it's not a movie that's, I don't want to say not pleasant. If it is not, it's, well, it, but it, but it's poignant. Like we, now we're, we're reviewing this. Yeah. If tomorrow it's on TCM mm-hmm. and you, and you flipping through the channels and it, I'll leave it on. Yeah. Right. But I'm, but I'm not going to yeah. go say, well, let no, me go, go pick go, it out. Well, you know, that happened. Believe it or not, that happened a couple of nights ago. We were the, uh, the, the SVU shows 
were all, and that, but the law and orders were all right, repeats. Right. So I said to moms, let me go through the channels and bingo, what pops up? The French connection. Okay. And it's right at the beginning yeah. and it's, Hey, there's no commercials. Okay. So, well, well, but you, right. But I'm saying, but like the French connection is a very different movie than this. Oh no. And it's, in, and it is definitely engrossing. Not that this isn't, but right. I'm saying is, but like a perfect example would be like, and I know, I know it's never on, but if the seven ups are on, oh, the right. The seven ups, I'm like, okay, I got to watch And again, at some point I might say, look, I need to tap out because I can't sit here and watch two hours of the seven of the movie. And if you've never seen the seven ups, go watch it. Um, but like it, those movies catch you, yeah. right? But I certainly am not going to go. Like you didn't go and say, "Hey, it's kind of a rainy day. There's nothing on TV. Let me go get the French Connection." You would have to think let me with the French yeah. Connection. I'm not saying, and that's the kind of movie Targets is. If Targets is on um, TCM, and I don't think I don't, they might show it. Right. They, you know what they did when they showed it? Could be when, on FX. Okay. No, no, no. This movie would never be on anything but but on TCM uh, or like to Turner Classic oh, Movies. No, but again, the the new the new FX. The one that's uh, the, the channel right after TCM, they're now playing. Oh, that one. Yes. Yeah. I think it meant like just regular FX. I'm no, like, no. no, dad, this, it's not Archer and or Bob's no, Burgers no, no, or whatever. No, 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 no. So, yes, that they show movies like this. We knew when this might have been on TCM. I guarantee you when they did that, when Bogdanovich passed away right. last year, this is probably the movie they showed later at night because this is the one that's not as popular right but this is still very famous right and, and, and if you, it's, it's not a family movie oh certainly not and and well i mean some of bagdamage's movies are not family movies either, but they are academy award winning or nominees yeah. or whatever right anyway what we see here is a movie that literally should not have been as good as it was it on 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 the premise of what you're saying like if you're looking at just like like the 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 elevator pitch of this movie it sounds Kind of okay. Yeah. It doesn't sound like anything. But the finished product but transcends what the, what it was on the on there. And I, I and I I am hundred percent going to stand by this. The two days of Karloff, what he filmed in this movie, ca he carries this movie because we need him to be the connective tissue. Even though, at the end of the day, except for the very end of the movie, what does he do that impacts anything in the film? Little to nothing, like his his existence and his thing. It's little to nothing, but that story of him going through and I'm not scared. That he again, I understand the poignancy of saying they consider me camp. This guy's so afraid of me that he, I literally yeah. stopped this guy from killing people because of who I am. And it's and and, and it, it's great that that's part of it. Just the story of him killing people is not enough as a movie. Right. We need the movie part of it, but you just don't realize you're getting hooked along in the movie. Cause you're like, wait, but I need to know about that guy, but I need to know about him. If we told you too much about him, you wouldn't care, but you want to know more. You want to go back. You want to learn by taking you away and taking you away and taking you away to stuff. That's like, you know, happening. Like, Oh, we got to get ready for this. I got to put my tuxedo on. Like those things you are like, okay, but, but what about that? That's where the great director comes that's where the the visionary comes to think how can i make this work and this movie doesn't overstay its welcome if this was like no. two hours and 20 minutes no, no. you would be bored as heck right. at what is i think is 90 minutes right i mean it gets in and gets out it doesn't overstay its welcome it doesn't now again monetary reasons sometimes too it doesn't you know it doesn't try to make some grandiose statement it doesn't whatever and it's still poignant Unfortunately, it's still pointing it to this day. I wish I wish it wasn't. I wish there was we could say, look, we're in a world where this doesn't exist anymore. This is such a passe idea. But it's not. All right, folks. So 
that is our June episode. And, uh, you know, I know we had to move things around. And we did that for nightmares and whatever. So um, up next in July, Dad and I are going to talk about Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh. 75 years old. Unbelievable. Um, actually, that's not even that I, unbelievable. I can't wait to watch that. Again. Yeah. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is one of the best comedies of all time. Right. It's one of the best universal horror movies of, of all, all time. time. It is a family classic. It is one of my... Haley loves it. Just the skeletons in the beginning alone, she loves. Um, but yeah, we're so dad and I'll be back in July for Evan Costello meet Frankenstein. We hope you enjoyed Targets. If you've never seen Targets, please make sure you go check it out. Um, the Criterion is out. It's a little pricey, but you can get it on um, the DVD is insanely pricey, uh, but you can get it on Prime Video and stuff like that. So, folks, uh, dad, I think we're good to go, right? We're going to hit, you know, ready to go. We'll meet you all back here in July for Evan Costello meet Frankenstein. So like we say around here, folks, keep those cards and letters coming and keep watching the sky. This is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which up until a few days ago was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters, or as they're called in Japan, daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. This has been an episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please email the show at bots bugsbabes at gmail.com if you'd like to find me online i'm on facebook under my name jason jacknetti i often contribute to the two true freaks facebook group you can visit my facebook page the art of horror collective and you can search the hashtag the art of horror collective on instagram find me under my name jason jacknetti and search the hashtag the art of horror collective as well as the new hashtag bots bugs babes podcast i'm the only one using them I'm also on Twitter at Jason Giaconetti, and you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review, discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow! There is no tomorrow! There is no tomorrow! Will you stop?